This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. And many people in our church services are praising God on Sunday, but what will they do on Monday? Maybe it's just a habit they've acquired. I'm going to go to church on Sunday and that's what I'm supposed to do and, and, and I've done what I need to do. But do we just worship on Sunday? I put a, a couple of out loud, a few statements in your bulletin here that are very important for you to realize today, and that's this. We ought not simply come to worship, but we should bring our worship to church with us. Amen? You ever thought about that? A lot of folks think when they enter that door, I'm entering here and I'm going to get ready to worship. And that's true. But really, we ought to get out the car and say, praise God, I'm, I'm already cranked up. I'm already worshiping the Lord. And I'm just going to get some more when I get in there today. Our worship is something that we should bring with us. And not only that, but when we leave the building today, we should take our worship with us. Every day, and I put this statement in here too, every day is a holy day when you think about it. I mean, a lot of us say, well, you know, Sunday is the Sabbath and it's the, it's the day we set aside to worship God and, and it's God's day and all of that's true. But folks, let me tell you something. Every day is God's day, really. <laughs> it's all His. And if we think about that and if we dwell upon that, it'll help us realize today that as we leave this place, the things that we get involved in, the people that we associate with, everything that we come in contact with and everybody that we come in contact with, we can have an effect on them because we take our worship with us. In other words, they need to see Jesus in us every day of the week. Amen. Verse 16, let's look at it again. Let the word of Christ, that's his word, God's word, let it dwell richly. What does that mean? Just when we want it to dwell, maybe once in a while it can dwell. If, we, if it's convenient, it can dwell. I think that word richly means it ought to be abundant in our life. Let the word of Christ dwell. Listen, you may not always be carrying this around, but you'll come in contact with somebody that needs to know what God's word says. And if it's in your heart, if it's dwelling in richly, then God will give you the words to say to that person, the scripture to share with that person. But if it's not in there, if it's not dwelling in there, it won't come out. So he's saying, make every day like that. Now notice, richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another, that's praising, uh, uh, lifting each other up in prayer, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, not only outwardly, but in our hearts, singing to the Lord. We should always have a song in our heart, a thankfulness in our heart, a praise in our heart for what God has done for us. And I believe that that's what we call worship when we get to this point. 
It's a wonderful definition of a worship service. Oh, how God wants us to worship Him. I asked the question in your bulletin there, why does God want us to worship Him? You ever thought about that? Why, why does He want that? Does our worship enrich God? I mean, if you give God your money, and let me say, all these things are part of worship. If you give God your money, God is no richer. If you give God your strength, God is no stronger. If you give God your knowledge, God doesn't learn anything from that. God is God. He already has all those things. But isn't it amazing? Even though He has all of those things, He wants you and me to love Him and worship Him. He wants us to do that. Why? Because He is love. And love wants to give and love wants to receive. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, a husband and wife situation. I mean, before you got married, at some point you begin telling each other, I love you. Well, I love you too. Well, you know what? We love each other so much. Why don't we get married so we can share our love together and have, and have that love going on back and forth all the time? And God wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to love Him all the time. Not just on Sunday morning. He wants us to worship Him. You know, have you thought about what worship does? It does something for us also. We think about, well, that's just for God. I'm worshiping and it just benefits God. It does benefit God. He wants us to worship Him. But it does something for us as well. Think about it this way. If we idolize something, if something is, is important to us and we talk about it all the time and, and we spend our time doing this and involved in this and it becomes something that seems like an idol to us. If you worship that idol, you will become that idol. The man molds the idol in his life and guess what? The idol ends up molding the man. That's why it's so important that our idol is God. And if we worship the Lord Jesus, we will become more like the Lord Jesus. We will love people like the Lord does. We will have that personality that we need to have as a Christian that the Lord will give us, a love for other folks. But now here's the wonderful thing about worship. And this is something else I want you to really think about today. Sunday morning, you can give money to the Lord. But did you know that there's always somebody else that can give more money to the Lord? Did you know that there's somebody else that can sing better than you and me? There's somebody else that can understand God's Word better than you and me? There's somebody else that can teach God's Word better than you and me. But listen, no one can worship better than you. You ever thought about that? You know why? You can get all the God that you want to get. That's up to you. That's up to you. No one can do that better than you. You can have all of God that you want. If you want to spend as much time with God as you want, then you'll get a lot from God. And He will get a lot from you. Many, think, many people, I think, say, well, it's my duty to 
to just keep on trying to persuade God to bless me. No, I'm thankful that I permit him to bless me. Lord, here's my life, and I know you're the blesser, and I'm just going to put it into your hands, and I believe you can bless me. I don't have to talk you into it. But I believe this, the closer I stay to God, the more he'll want to bless me and bless you. You think about it, no one can worship better than you. And that means a whole lot. Even the simplest child can worship God with a full heart, a pure heart, and please God. So verse 16 is really telling us that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I love the worship service on Sunday. I've already been blessed by the worship service today. I, I believe God's going to get the glory in everything that's done here today because I'm, we're not here to, to lift anything else up but the Lord. Amen. But remember this, worship will not end when we leave this building. Worship begins to extend to all life. It's not just a Sunday morning religion. It's not just a Sunday morning worship. Notice verse 17, and don't miss the first word, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. That word and is a conjunction. It, it connects verse 16 to verse 17. He says, I want you to realize when you're singing these songs in your heart, when you're worshiping the Lord, when you're lifting up one another, when you're praying for one another, you're doing all these things that you're supposed to do, and what the result will be is whatsoever you do in word or in deed, you'll find yourself doing it in the name of Jesus. It makes a difference when you do it in his name. You're not doing it in your name. I'm not doing it in my name. I'm doing it in his name because he's the one that's worthy, amen. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that's coming back to get me one day. It's all about Jesus in our life. The worship service goes beyond the building. It goes beyond Sunday morning. Real worship will extend in our life to the deeds that we do. It said in that whatsoever, whatsoever. It didn't say a few things or, or when, it's, when it's okay or you feel like it's good. It's, he says whatsoever you do. So back up and find yourself, hey, Am I doing this in the name of Jesus today? Am I going forth in his name? Am I trying to bless someone else through Jesus today? Whatsoever we do. What is worship? That's a question that maybe people are asking. Worship is doing everything in the name of Jesus and giving God thanks for it. That's a good definition. Everything. That's what verse 17 is about. Giving thanks. Well, why is that? What is worship? Worship is glorifying God. It's not waiting for Sunday to get here. 
It's not waiting for someone to get up here on the platform and do enough encouraging that you will worship the Lord. But it's in our hearts already. And we're bringing it in when we come and we're taking it out as we're going. We're glorifying God in everything that we do. And it's in the name of Jesus. I want you to look at 1 Peter 4.11. They'll get it up on the screen there. Notice what it says. If any man speak, and that means if, if we've got something to say, and believe me, we've got a lot to say, whether we're speaking or texting. People got a lot to say about anything and everything. But how much of it is said about Jesus? Amen? If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That word oracles mean as a wise man, as a wise woman, as a person that knows what they're talking about, about God, as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That word everything means everything. That's what I take it to mean. Amen. In everything you do, God is to be glorified. There are so many things that we do today that God doesn't get the glory for, that God isn't seen in. There are so many areas in our life that we lack in that area. And I pray today that we'll step back and say, God, before I do this, are you going to get any glory out of it? Or am I getting the glory out of it? Or am I bringing shame to Christ out of it? It's very important that we know we're doing it for His glory. Another great verse is 1 Corinthians 10.31. They'll get that up there. Wherefore, whether therefore you eat or drink or, look at that word, whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. <laughs> Brother David, I mean, come on now. Whether I eat or drink, what's that got to do with it? It has a whole lot to do with it. That means whatever you do. Listen, I, I went to a restaurant one day and the waitress told me this and I was, sad, I was sad when I heard it. She said, Brother David, she didn't call me Brother David, I'm sorry. She didn't know I was Brother David, but she did tell me this. She said, I hate to see the Sunday morning church crowd come in. For lunch. I said, well, why is that? Because many of them are the rudest and ugliest people that I have to serve. And they just came from church. Isn't that sad? What kind of testimony is that for the Lord? What kind of glory is God going to get out of that? Believe me, I, I'm, I'm the worst at going into a restaurant and if the waitress or waiter doesn't come in 10 minutes, I'm already stirred up. And by 15 minutes, I'm ready to say something, do something, and thank the Lord my wife will say, you need to just calm down. And it's so true. I don't know what's going on back in the kitchen. It may not be their fault at all. And if I got all riled up about it and said something in haste that I should have said, then God certainly didn't get any glory out of it. And we certainly didn't carry out what 1 Corinthians 10.31 said. 
It is very important. Even if as you go and leave this building and go eat lunch today, it ought to be for the glory of God. Say your blessing. Thank the Lord for what he's done for you. And if somebody sees you say that blessing, which has happened to me many times, they will come over and sometimes thank me for saying, saying the blessing with my family in a restaurant. And I say, you know, you don't really need to thank me. I just thank the Lord I was able to have money to come and eat here today. Maybe you're going home for lunch today. And after you, after you eat at home, you have to do the dishes. Does anybody do the dishes anymore? I mean, we got, <laughs> got a few that still do it. We got the dishwasher now, you know. But maybe you're the dishwasher. But one homemaker said she has a little sign over her kitchen sink that says, divine services held here three times a day while I'm doing dishes. In other words, even in that, she was thanking the Lord. Whatsoever you do, you eat, drink, whatsoever, all for the glory of God. And when we do this, here's what happens. People around us will notice the difference and their, their life may even be changed because of it. Do you know a simple smile to someone may change their outlook that day on life? You don't know what someone else is going through. I don't know. But because I was polite, because I smiled at them, because I said something nice to them, it made their day and changed their life. And I believe because of it, God was glorified. The everyday things that we do will change. Whether you eat or drink, that's just everyday things. But do it for the glory of God. When we leave this beautiful building this morning, we'll walk out of this place that God's provided for us to worship Him here. But we'll walk out under those skies, whether they're cloudy or clear, and say, you know what, God, I'm still going to worship you out here today. I'm not just waiting for to get into this building right here, but I'm going to carry it with me. Do you know that the mistakes that so many make of us, we make today, I, we want to take our life and we make a little pie out of it and we get the pizza slice out and we slice it up. And we got that thing all sliced up and we say, you know what? It's Sunday and I'm supposed to give a tenth of my income to the Lord. So Lord, here's a tenth. Boy, when you look out that way, it really looks small, don't it? But here's the tenth I'm supposed to give to you. And so I, I've divided it up and I've given it to God like I'm supposed to. And oh, I can leave saying, hey, I did what I was supposed to do and I'm so proud of myself. And then we take our time pie and we slice it up and we give one-seventh, seven days, and we take one-seventh, one day, and say it's God's day. And it is. And we go to church on that day and praise the Lord, I did that. It was the holy day. And so I've given, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've got news for you folks. When God comes to judge your life and my life, He's going to judge the whole pie. He ain't going to just take that little slice and say, well, you did good. 
But I think he said, now, what did you do with the rest? What did you do with the rest of the pie? The rest of your time? The rest of your income? What did you do with those things? You see, it's simply more than Sunday morning religion. It's more than just singing a song today. It's more than just giving in the plate today. It's every day of the week doing something to the glory of God. Look at verse 17 again of Colossians. And whatsoever you do in word or, notice that, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by Him. You know, we're not just doing, but we're giving as well. We're giving thanks to Him. No ground that's not holy. No time that is not sacred. Even the natural things that we do every day can become spiritual. You know, we don't, in other words, we don't just turn it on and turn it off. It's not like a light switch with God. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if I said, all right, ushers, when everybody leaves today, don't forget to go to the pews and pick up all the worship and put it back away till we get back in here next time. It's not like the offering plate. Don't forget, you know, put your worship in there and, and let's, let's set it aside till we come back next Sunday. But it's every day of the week. We can't turn it on and turn it off with God. It's not just Sunday morning religion. You know, I, I'm amazed at how people, how people change so quickly. I've been around a lot of preachers. I've been around a lot of professional singers. And I carry on conversations with them. And, and I can be in conversation with them out in the parking lot or out in the lobby. And, and they just sound as normal as can be. But when they got up here on the stage or they, or they got up there to preach or, or sing, boy, their voice changed. They became super spiritual. They, they sounded up, that preacher sounded like he had the steeple stuck in his throat or something. Bless God. Well, what happened between there and up here? I mean, that, we're the, we should be the same out there as we are up here. <laughs> same at home as we are in the restaurant, Amen. It shouldn't change. It doesn't turn on and off like that. I, I, I don't like to mock people's prayers, but sometimes they get so pious. Have you ever heard so? Well, Lord, we come into thy presence. Well, where have you been? I've been in this presence all along. <laughs> well, we just come here. We're in your presence. No, we've got his presence all around us. I can see it everywhere I go. Amen? There needs to be a Monday morning religion. <clears throat> Listen, if people will begin to live on Monday what is preached on Sunday, then people will begin to believe what is preached on Sunday around the world. Amen? They would believe that because they would see it in your life and my life. They went to church on Sunday. They go every Sunday. But man, I never could have told that on Monday when I heard what came out of their mouth. Shouldn't be that way. Verse 17 says, Whatsoever you do, 
word or deed. Do it all in the name of Jesus. What does it mean to do it all in the name of Jesus? Three things I want to give you real quickly in your outline there. Three things. What do you, do you want to know what you're going to be doing on Monday in the name of Jesus when you leave this building? I ask these three questions. Is what I'm doing consistent with the personality of Jesus Christ? Is it consistent with his personality? What do you mean by that? You see, we need to realize on Monday, people need to see Jesus in us just like they would on Sunday. I mean, is it consistent? Because the name of Jesus equates with the personality of Jesus. You see, the name and the character of Jesus, they're interwoven together. It's like this. A little boy would go down to the sporting goods store and he he want to buy a baseball bat. Now, well, he's got somebody in his mind. He's watched on TV and they're, they're a professional baseball player and he knows their name and he's, he's told his dad, he said, when I get to the sporting goods store, I'm going to get a bat with his name on it. That's the one I want. So he looks through the row of bats till he finds the one that's got his favorite hero on, engraved on that bat. That bat is telling them this, that the player who inscribed his name on it, this bat is consistent with the way that I play baseball. This bat is going to be a good bat. This is the bat that I approve of. This is the bat that I put my name on because it's consistent with my character, my personality, my ability as a baseball player. So he's just simply saying this, if you get this bat that I put my name on, you're going to get a good bat because my name is represented there. My personality. I endorsed it. Folks, this is the question this morning. Is what you're thinking about doing on Monday something that Christ would put his name on? Would he put his name on that? Would he put his stamp on that? Would Jesus say, I'll sign off on that. I'll put my name on that. That's consistent with my character, my personality. That's consistent with who I am and what I am. I'll sign off on that. Is what you're doing consistent with Jesus' character? That's what verse 17 is trying to tell us. Whatsoever you do, in word or deed, what, what are we doing it for? All in the name of Jesus. It's not about what's right, what's wrong. People are always looking for a list of rules out of the Bible. The Bible is not a rule book. The Bible is a book of great principles. And when you read it in enough to get it inside, you'll know what's consistent with the Lord Jesus and what's not. If I do something that's not going to agree with the Lord Jesus, then 
the Holy Spirit will let me know that. And I'll be able to change that. So is what you're doing consistent with the character of Jesus Christ? Would he sign off on it? How about that business contract you're going to get involved in? Would, would Jesus put his name on it? How about that vacation you're going to take? Would Jesus say, that's good? Whatever we do, do it all in the name of Jesus. Begin to live on Monday like we live on Sunday. Amen? Secondly, does it claim the power of Jesus Christ? Does it claim the power? Because name stands not only for personality, but it stands for power and authority. Look at John 14, 14. A little verse there, if you shall ask anything in my name, you will do it. Is that what the scripture said? No, it said if you will ask anything in my name, I will do it. You see the difference when we bring the name of Jesus into it? It's power. It's authority. He begins to do it when we bring his name into it. He will do it. You see, his name has authority behind it. You know, our name has authority on certain things. If I write you a check, I better put my name down there on it. I gotta sign it. And when that, when I sign that check, I'm, I'm putting the authority that you would take that check to the bank and that little piece of paper and show it to the bank and they will see my name on it and they will check it out. Then they will give you money for that piece of paper. Because why? Because it wasn't blank. It had my authority on it. Now, if it bounces, <laughs> they're not going to go after that little piece of paper. They're going to go after who wrote it. Why? Because it goes back to the authority. It's a pretty powerful thing to realize you have just that much authority but it doesn't even compare to what Jesus' authority is and what his name does. You see, I think today we need to remember there are things we pray for, there are things we want to see happen in our life, but we don't bring Jesus' name into it. We just start out on our own. We just go by what someone else said. We're just hoping. We're just thinking. But folks, when we stop and say, in Jesus' name, amen, I claim the name of Jesus over this. That authority can make a change. That's why verse 17 says, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. It's very important that we bring the name of Jesus in to whatever we're doing. The principle that Jesus has authority. Luke 10, 17 through 19. You know, Jesus sent out 70 people, 70 disciples, not the 12, but disciples of Jesus. He had many disciples, but he only had 12 apostles. But he sent the 70 out in their early days of ministry. And the Bible says that they returned excited. Why? Look at what it says. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils were subject unto us 
But notice this, through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning and fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How is that possible? Through the name of Jesus. Through the authority of Jesus. If those disciples had gone out in their name, nothing would have happened. They would have gotten hurt. But when we deal with things in this world, when we deal with the devil, it better be through Jesus' name we're going and in his authority. I started a little study in that particular verse. You don't see it in the verse. It's in Greek. And the words, the two different words, are one is deutimus and the one is exio. What Jesus is saying is, I give you exio over the deutimus of the enemy. What's the difference? Exima means authority. I give you that authority over the power of the enemy. What a difference it is when we go in Jesus' name. Folks, I'm not saying it's easy to live Monday morning religion. It's easy to live Sunday morning. We're in a, we're in a safe place. We're in a place we don't have to worry about raising our hands. We can sing our songs. We can, do, we can worship. We can make our way to the altar. We can pray. We can do all these things. We're in a nice, wonderful place. We can do those things. And I'm, I'm not saying it's easy on Monday, but when we go in the name of Jesus, it's possible. It's possible. So when we see those verses together, how important it is. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. Portray the personality of Jesus. Portray the power of Jesus Christ out there for the world to see. And lastly is this. Does it culminate in the praise of Jesus? In the praise. Look at verse 23 of Colossians. Does it culminate in that praise? Whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Heartily. I didn't say halfway. He said heartily. That means with your whole heart. As unto the Lord. And he makes it specific, not unto men. I'm not doing these things for myself. I'm doing them for the Lord. Do it heartily. Does it culminate in the praise of Jesus? Do something in his name means to praise his name. Whenever I bring Jesus in the picture, I'm lifting up Jesus and I'm getting out of the way. When you do everything in the name of Jesus, it must be for his honor, his praise, and his glory. And that's when something will change. That's when it will have an effect on someone because we're doing it in his name. So let me ask you these questions again this morning. Does Jesus get glorified in what you do tomorrow? Will he get glory? Will he get lifted up? Will people see Jesus tomorrow in you and me? When we go on vacation, will they still see Jesus? When we go out in our yards and the neighborhoods, will they still see Jesus? By the way we walk and talk 
will they still see Jesus? Even our smile. Folks, how important it is just to simply have a smile. Will they see Jesus? Everything you do needs to bring honor and glory to Him. Not just simply coming down here to church on Sunday, but going out of these doors on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hey, Sunday's just a time to come back and get charged up again. And ready to go for Monday. Don't reach up and flip that switch off like we'll do when the last person leaves out of here today. All these lights in this place will be dark if we flip the switch. That's how electricity works. But that's not how worship works. We don't cut it off. We keep it going. Consistent. If it is consistent, you know what will happen? God will get the glory. People will see Jesus in you and me. Whether you're in the office tomorrow, whether you're driving a truck, working in a restaurant, or in the factory, I don't care what you're doing, where you're going, people can still see Jesus in you if you'll worship him every day of the week. It doesn't end here, does it, folks? The singing, the praising, all those things. It doesn't end here. But it goes with us wherever we go. And when that happens, people will be changed around you. They'll be affected. That's what the world needs today. They need to see a different person, a different... They need to see Jesus. And the only way many of them will ever see it, they won't come through these doors on Sunday. But they'll see you Monday. They'll hear you Tuesday. They'll be around you on Wednesday. Will they see Jesus? Will you still be worshiping? Will you still be serving Him like we do on Sunday? It's not just a Sunday morning religion, folks. It's everyday worship. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.